Join us on the horn right now, covering both the Pistons and the Lions over at M Live. Our good man Corey Woods. Find him on Twitter or X, whatever the hell you call it, at Corey E Woods. Corey, my man. Good morning to you. Rise and shine, partner. How are you? How's life? How are things? Good morning. Rise and shine. Everything is great. How's it going, my good man? Everything is good on this end as well, except for the Pistons record. Uh, we, we will get into that. But first, I got I to gotta ask you, have you heard, is there any real traction to this story about Amon Ross St. Brown with three years at $25 million per year? Is, is this a report that's just floating around the Internet, or, or do you think there's actually something behind this? I haven't heard anything about that from any tangible source. So... Um, I just guess right now I would just say take that with a grain of salt. It's I'm not going to say it's not true. It's just that I have not heard it from any of my back channels. And when Corey says a grain of salt, I'm talking Salt Bay. I need the whole hand. I need the I need the good form up there. We're salting that baby. That's what we need. Okay, because at three years, twenty five million a year, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that no, at no, all. That would be a, for his production. That would be a great number. That would be a great number. And what I did was some really like um, bass backwards math. You see what I did there. And what I did was I took his three years in his career earnings to this point plus his production and, and then added that to the three-year potential rumored extension, combined all the money and said, look, six years at roughly $13 million a year for this guy. Are you kidding me? I'd take that all day, seven days a week. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Now, let's get to this uh, break. The, the big news that happened in Phoenix. I like the headline, Beef Stew Behind Bars. What do we know? <laughs> what actually happened with Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks? Well, from everything that I've been hearing, you know, from all the reports that are out there, I guess uh, two hours before tip, a couple hours before tip-off at the Footprint Center in Phoenix where the Suns play, somehow Isaiah Stewart and um, Eubanks got chest-to-chest in the back tunnel area, and it resulted in, from Eubanks' account, it resulted in Isaiah Stewart sucker-punching him and drawing a little bit of blood. Apparently, he, he said that it wasn't a, uh, wasn't a, it was a soft punch, and I guess we're gonna, there's video evidence that, uh, that proves it. I'm, I'm pretty sure at some point somebody's going to leak that video. I'm going to need it. If we saw Draymond Green punch a teammate in practice, we absolutely need to see. And here's my thing. If you're Drew Eubanks, when you see Raging Bull Beef Stew chasing after LeBron James going rogue, running around the arena, like it, it seems like he's the last person that's one of those, oh, hold me back kind of guys. Like he's actually about that action, boss. Like it seems to me that's not the guy you kind of want to, you know, go chest to chest with. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even on top of that uh, LeBron James incident, there was an incident where him and uh, Draymond Green got chest-to-chest in the game. And, you know, you ever played Mortal Kombat? It was like he did the get-over-here Scorpion to to Draymond Green. And then I I don't know how much you follow Gilbert Arenas, but Gilbert Arenas told a story about where he was about to run away from from, from, uh, Isaiah Stewart over some things that he said about him. So he's, he's, um, he's built a reputation as a guy that other players do not want to bleep with. And you know what? Thank you for bleeping that, by the way. That's good. I don't know what kind of equipment you got over there, but that was solid. Now, the... 
I like what Isaiah Stewart can add to this team, and I think that we we have seen that. He is a high-energy guy. I don't know what this idea was that they were going to turn him into some like prolific three-point shooting stretch for. I don't know if those attempts need to be more than four a game, but it's not like you're going to put a cap. If the guy's feeling it and shooting it, and he's you know short corner extended, you know however the lineup is at that moment, I think he really adds value to this team, and I think that with this contract, they saw the same. However... For me, the biggest question I've had for Monty Williams is that when you draft the Sar Thompson from day one, and I tweet about this every single game, Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham, Asar Thompson, Jalen Duran, and then if you wanted to play bogey, great. If you wanted to bring bogey off the bench, that was fine. If you wanted to play beef stew there, that's okay. Now it's Simone Fontecchio, my guy. They had to go to my motherland to find somebody to fill it up a little bit. We'll get to him a little bit later on. But I, I really think that beef stew, you play those core four, and you get them all 30 minutes a night, and then beef stew is that high-energy sort of like glue guy, if you will, that comes off the bench in a support role that gives you 20 a night. For me on the outside, that looks like that's the role that he should be worked into. Absolutely. I think the stress for experiment with Isaiah Stewart, just, let's just be real, it has not worked to the way that they thought. I believe that Isaiah Stewart is best when he's playing, you could say, no more than 15 feet away from the basket. He's a bully ball kind of guy. He's able to go down in the post, boxes and elbows, you know, get his, get his low post game going on. I don't really like I don't think that the trying to convert him to the stretch four has been ideal. I think having him somewhere, maybe in a backup reserve role, that would be the best fit for him, especially with the way that Monty Williams' rosters are built. Monty Williams' teams are big on three-point shooting, and I believe that's also why they've the, the Pistons value three-point shooting at the deadline and got some guys out of there that wasn't producing. But, yeah, I think a backup center role to, uh, to Durant, that would probably – be uh, a more ideal role for Isaiah Stewart moving forward. And I think you're, you're going to see that just off of the way that they're playing right now. If you see the way they're getting up and down the court and the way the offense is flowing, they haven't been able to close our games, but you're starting to see promise of uh, what a Monty Williams um, team looks like. You know, hey, Corey, if we go back like a month ago, Danilo Gallinari and, and Mike Muscala uh, were brought in from Washington. Gallinari since waived. Now he's going to be with Milwaukee, according to the reports this morning, in exchange for uh, Marvin Bagley III and Isaiah Livers and two second-round draft picks. The second-round picks I'm not too bent out of shape about because we get like one. I haven't gone in and done the research, but I don't know how many second-round picks become all-stars, and I don't know what the percentage of that uh, become Hall of Favors. Obviously, Nikola Jokic being drafted during a Taco Bell commercial is the one thing that we can point to and say hey wait a minute now there's a second rounder that's a hall of famer not to say that they're not valuable but they're more or less just pieces you package together to kind of move around right they're just an an asset to have when that move was made it seemed like it kind of i don't know opened some things up for this team and then they went out and got malachi flynn quentin grimes ryan archie diacono who was waived evan fournier and some considerations from new york for boyan and for alec burks now i didn't think i thought that they should have probably been able to get that first back but you know boyan's age okay they didn't do it when you looked at those deals sure there wasn't a name in there that was going to change the landscape of the nba and wow the pistons are an immediate player but what did you make of those particular moves on the surface of all the moves that they made, I actually wrote an article about it on M Live. I gave the moves um, a C minus, the overall picture. I, I felt that for Burks 
and Bogdanovich, you're you're only going to be able to get so much because, to your point, it's not only the fact that um, Bogey's getting up there in age. Bogey's coming off of some leg injuries, and him being him being on the, on the other side of thirty and having leg injuries, I believe that value was just going to start to dip a little bit more. And you actually heard Troy Weaver say during the press conference a week ago, and it was a shocking admission to me that he said they 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 could have had more for those pair at last year's deadline. So I think that was a, a misstep there. But with the way that bogey's aging, Burks is having a little bit of a down year. It was kind of one of those get what you can get type deals. And they were able to get a get a guy in Fournier who hasn't hasn't really been playing. Well he hasn't really he's only up until he got here, he only played three games this season. They got a guy who's they've been targeting for a while according to him that can provide some three point shooting. Quentin Grimes is a sneaky good asset. I'm just curious on how they plan to use him once he finally takes the you know, gets out there for them. And the Fontecchio one, um, I know we didn't really get to totally that one, but the Fontecchio one, I think that's going to be the sneaky good one because we're talking about what they're going to be moving forward. This guy is kind of like they have him on a deal next year, but it's going to be really minimal. I think they're going to try to get him into a longer deal, but it's real, a real minimum deal as far as like how much you would have to pay him. And if he can come out there and get you like about 12, 15 points a night as a starter off the bench, that'd be a solid move. So I think the deals that they made in totality, they were good. They were they were they were solid. You got Shake Milton. I wonder what they're gonna do with him moving forward. But then you also got a guy like Troy Brown Jr. has been a couple of places and he's also proven that he can be a solid uh, three and D wing off the bench. So overall it's they, they got some they got three good pieces, but the the overall trade package of it, it was like it was meh. Yeah, and the Fontecchio one is the one that jumped off the page to me because it's like, okay, here's a guy that they can envision who is younger than Bogey, a little bit longer, a little bit more yep. athletic, can defend a little bit better, doesn't maybe shoot it as well or create off the dribble as well as Bogey, but it's it's a guy that can get there. And he still, even though he's played 11 professional seasons overseas before coming to the NBA, He's a guy that can make an immediate impact and, and really a threat. He could put it on the deck a little bit, too. He could, he could take it to the rack yeah. from time to time and, and get up. So that one for me is like, okay, there's the guy that you're going to put in with the core four. Now, Corey, how do we get Monty Williams to play that core four 30 minutes a night? Why are we – why what in the CYO is happening here with the playing time, and why does everybody have to get at least 12 minutes a game? What is going on with this rotation? I just assume that with the way their record is, they're just trying to try people out and see what they have, you know, moving forward. I guess you could say it's like a tryout at this point, but I honestly don't know because you would, to to, to your point, you think that they would just have an established set five and just roll out with that and not, and then, you know, have their set, you know, benches. I would say like maybe go like, at most nine deep, you could probably I think ten could be pushing it. But the way they're just giving everybody a little bit of minutes, it just doesn't make sense. I think you need to go ahead and just solidify, shore up their rotation just a little bit more, and just see what you have because some of those they already know some of those guys are not going to come back. 
And for me, Corey Woods, the the before this most recent Suns Lakers Clippers, which that's that's what we expect. Like even if this team was playing really good basketball, if you lost those three games in a row, like we get it. You get the claw and Paul George and Russell Westbrook, and then you get LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I'm sure some people have heard of them. And then you run into Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, which luckily for us, Devin Booker only played five minutes in the game because NBA refs have gone completely overboard. You should have probably won that game. But before that, they were four and four over the stretch of an eight game span, and I. Felt and I still do feel pretty good about I know this is weird, but I feel good about watching Pistons basketball if they would, like you said, just shore up that rotation. Give us some structure here, because I think everybody plays a little bit better when their roles are defined and they know exactly kind of what to expect on a night to night basis. Like I am excited to watch Pistons basketball. Maybe I'm a weirdo, but at least that is kind of where I'm at. They probably won't set the record for futility here as they already have eight wins. They only need two more to not yeah. worry about that that nine win season that is an absolute catastrophe. But what you know, as we hit the all-star break, what are you looking forward to the most when they return? What is something that you would tell Pistons fans like, hey, here's a reason to go watch? I think the reason to go watch this Pistons team right now is Jaden Ivey. I believe that over these past uh, 20 some odd games, you're starting to see a guy that is really evolving. At the beginning of the season, there were a lot of question marks on how Monty Williams was using him because, I mean, you had Killian Hayes, who has since been waived, starting in front of this guy. And you, you saw the talent with Ivy last year. He was on the NBA All second rookie team. So you're wondering how, and, and now this guy is in back to back rising star games for the All Star Weekend. So you're wondering. How is this guy coming off the bench? And I will give Monty Williams credit in this regard for the benching. He said that he was not going to leave guys out there just to continuously make mistakes. He, that, that's not what he believed. He didn't believe you learn just by continuously making mistakes on the floor without getting, I would guess you could say, penalized for it. And over which, what you've seen in these last let's say 15, 17 games from Ivy, even just over the course of the season, He's now playing better on both ends of the floor. He wasn't as he wasn't defensively where Jaden Ivey started to where he is now. Totally different player. His shot selection is different. He's playing as a more composed. Um, he's playing a lot more composed. And also, uh, we, we when they had an organizational meeting with Troy Weaver, now you're starting to see Ivy with the ball in his hands a lot more, being a being a playmaker. So I believe he's going to be a guy to watch moving forward because this. Granted, Cade Cunningham is going to be the franchise player. He's had some leg injuries, and he hasn't really been able to get to his real full self. And you're seeing Ivy step up lately and become a on-court go-to guy for this team. So, Pistons fans, I believe he's the guy to kind of look at. Wait, are we going to get a long-form feature piece between Corey Woods and Jaden Ivey? Because I would read the hell out of that. I would click that link so fast. Oh, I'd hammer that link from all my devices, Corey. I think that's a great idea. Jaden Ivey, and I say this all the time about him, the first time I saw him play, Purdue was coming to Michigan. He's out there on the court, and it's like Purdue's got to find a way to get that everybody else the hell out of the way and just let this guy do it because that's a professional player. Like his athleticism is next level. Like Russell Westbrook's sort of like bounce in athleticism, but with more developed shooting. Like that guy, he's got it all, and I just want to see him out there on the court. You mentioned Cade, so let's get to that pairing next. There seems to be a little bit of chatter uh, from people on the interwebs that want to know. You know, can you have one or does it have to be one or the other? Or what do you do 
And I just, to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. To me, it's like you have them get on a conference call with Isaiah and Joe D, and you have them get on a conference call with Rip Hamilton and Chauncey and just have them talk about it. Like, those two can absolutely coexist together, right? Absolutely. I believe they can. I believe just the thing that's going to really need for them to work together is just get more time together. I mean, they haven't. This is the, this, they haven't really had time together. That was the, one of the one things before we saw Killian Hayes start. That was the one thing everybody was looking forward to, a healthy Cade Cunningham playing side-by-side side with Jaden Ivey because they were robbed of that last season. Cade only played 12 games because he had to get the season in his shin surgery. So if you get them some real time together with Cade being healthy, then you'll be able to see whether they can sink or swim as a duo. Right now we're just seeing small sample sizes because there was inconsistency with the rotation. And I believe they can coexist together. I just think it's going to take some time. Um, they both professed at the end of season meetings last year a desire to want to play together. And you even see little moments on the court where Jaden Ivey is going crazy Cade Cunningham is right there being his biggest cheerleader. So there's there's a relationship there between those two that is, is something you can build upon. It's just maybe, like you said, maybe they do need to get on the horn with a Joe D and a and a um, and, a, and a Isaiah. Maybe not Joe D now because he's the pred, you know, the president of basketball ops for the whole for the whole league. But maybe they can call, or you know, maybe they can kind of on the low call up Chauncey and Rip. You know, <laughs> figure something out. But I believe they can coexist. He is Corey Woods. You can find him on Twitter at Corey E. Woods. Find his work at M Live. Read him there covering the Pistons and the Lions. Boy, what a drastic change of scenery it is to go from a Lions playoff run to playoff wins. The city's never been crazier and then go right into an eight win. I mean, the fact that the Lions have more wins than the Pistons. I mean, what a what a what a transition for you, my friend. But we appreciate your work and appreciate your time this morning, partner. Thank you. Man, thanks again as always, and uh, much blessings and success to you.